Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. for joining us today uh before we begin i would like to say thank you to elena sarah daniel jeff and mark the patrons of this podcast um we appreciate you all and thank you for your support and hey if you want to be a patron there'll be more information later on about how you can go about it and please yeah we need more supporters so feel free to join them in taking us to the next level and um yeah if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Subscribe and give us five stars and push us further on iTunes and Stitcher. So without much further ado, let's jump to today's guests. I am blessed to be in the presence of royalty, the legendary princes. Oh, is it kings? I should go with. Let's go with princes. I'll go with princes. Princes. You know, I'm not going to say where they're from because they're going to tell us where they're from. Yes, but they are princes. So Bileko, Wisa, and uh, um, Jules, or Julian, uh, I, I ain't going to try the last name. I, I would have tried it. Let me try it. Let me try it. Julian Tishi, Tishikuna. Tishikuna. Did, did I get it right? I was close. I was close. I, I, watch, I watch a lot of uh, the low parts, you know? Of, uh, of, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, so I, I'm used to a little bit of the names. So they are uh, comedians extraordinary. Yeah, they are I podcasters. And they are leopards, uh-huh. amongst other titles and yes. talents. And they have great contents online. And, you know, these guys are like, they're great inspirations of mine. They are, they are the guys behind the Bantu Boys podcast. Yes. And they're just fantastic people, man. They're fantastic, great inspiration, great talent com- coming from the continent. And I recommend you guys check out their podcast. They're great supporters <laughs> also of this podcast. And yes, also go on Amazon Prime Video and check out New York Laugh with Africa. You see yes, more sir. of their, their talent there. So welcome on the show, guys. How you all doing today? Oh, uh, good. Thank you for having us. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, thank you for having us, Rafael. I'm real excited. Thank you, man. Hey, the, the honor is all mine. And uh, I, yeah, we, 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 we're going to learn a lot today. So yeah, thanks for coming on board. So <laughs> without much further ado, where are you all from? Can you all introduce us to your childhood and where you were born? Hey, go, you do it. go ahead. Go ahead, sir. Uh, okay, so my roots are from, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we all Africans in the area. So from the DRC, Democratic Republic of Congo, Alex. and I, I was actually born and raised in Belgium. I Alex. grew up in Brussels, uh, the capital of uh, uh, Europe and uh, Belgium. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I uh, grew up over there. I had a... You know, great time, big family, you know, a lot of siblings, half siblings and stuff like that. And uh, so my childhood was, you know, a little, I I had a lot of disturbance, a lot of moving around, you know, Mm -hmm. from school to school, from houses to houses, uh, from different siblings to another siblings. So I had a lot of, you know, craziness, but uh, I wouldn't change anything, you know, it's... uh, it's mm-hmm. all of that made me who you know made who i am i am today so <clears throat> great so you had a lot of competition 
Oh, yes, always. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that explains why you're good at banter and all the, the, the comedic <laughs> side. You, you had a lot of practice early on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so what about you, Bileko? Um, so um, family background, of course, like um, DRC, Congo. Um, my father's from uh, a town in called Kisangani. My mom's from Kinshasa. But I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Grew up in L.A. Uh, I have two siblings, two sisters. Um, yeah, I mean, I grew up here in L.A. That's why I have. But that's why I don't have the accent. Yeah. Uh, very uh, Americanized. Um, yeah, I, I mean, growing up here in L.A., I grew up. I grew up in LA in a time where it was like the the riots and gang banging was at a high. Like so, like mm. you came for certain colors and mm. stuff like that. Like even now, like I have this necklace and there's like a red jewel. I would like growing up, I would have never wore this. Oh, yeah, you know, that would have like, made you um, what the, the oh, um, you would have been like yo, yeah, it would have made you a target. So like, yeah. uh, I'm just for example, like I. I like I'm 35, so I remember being like 15 and going to a high school where a certain gang wore blue, but I oh. like Jordan. You know what I mean? So Jordan <laughs> was black and red, you know, Chicago Bull shoes, but then I painted the portion of the red gray, so it wouldn't wow. be like, yeah. So you know, like Julian said, this is what made him who he is. This makes me like who who we are. And I think what's great about us being in this group is. Because so many Congolese people are Africans, period. They either go to Europe or they go mm -hmm. to the state, right? Or whatever. Right. You see the the difference of like us of how like Julian's in Europe and we try to tell people like how different it was for him, how it was for him growing up and me in, in LA, specifically LA, because LA's different. Like it, it would be because, you know, you're in New York. So like the subculture in New York is different than LA. You know what I'm saying? There's so many mm -hmm. subcultures in the States or whatever. So yeah. Of course. So, yeah. You know, what's funny, I've never been to L.A., but L.A. has had so much influence oh, in yeah. my life. So, uh, especially with the hip-hop. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, but it's so crazy how we took a lot of the... We went from liking music and then became trying to be... The, the, went into the, the, the gang side of it, too. And right. um, you, you just reminded me of my early... Yeah, it was my early 20s, because I was still in Nigeria, my early 20s. And uh -huh. I moved to my favorite city of Port Harcourt. And I was doing this thing where I, I was brand new in the, in the town, in, in the neighborhood. But for one day, I would just wear yellow shirts. The next uh -huh. day, oh, for like one week, I would just wear yellow, everything yellow. Uh -huh. Next week, I wear like red. And the third week, I would, but for, for some weird reason, I just did that. Not like I had any, I had any agenda or any plans, but I just did it I, I, without thinking. And by the fourth week there was a guy who came to me so in that neighborhood everybody had nicknames that they went by i don't even know no, i don't know his real name to this day and uh <laughs> i think his, his name was yellow pigeon yeah. <laughs> yellow pigeon came to me and was like uh hey man i see i see you in this neighborhood you're a new guy i said oh yeah how you doing man and he's uh, like this tall very tall light-skinned dude so I'm, like, I'm good brother i'm good let's shake hands and he's like so uh how, how you doing how you doing I said, I'm good. He said, oh, um, so how you doing? He asked me like the third time. I'm like, I don't get it. Why, why, why are you asking me <laughs> how am I doing? Like three times. And he shook my hand again. But he, when he shook my hand, it like tickled my trial. It felt like it was tickling my palm. So I'm <laughs> like, hey, what, 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 what's the meaning of that? 
what is this? That's weird. Uh, and then he walked away. So another friend, the first friend who I made in the neighborhood, luckily was, was one of the guys who was much wiser. And uh, he came to me. I was like, hey, what a yellow pigeon wants with you? I was like, um, I don't know. He just asked me, how am I doing? That he's seen me around the neighborhood. I'm a new uh, guy. And he's like, oh, he's trying to identify you. What, 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 what gang you belong to? Right. So did you tell him that you're, not, you're a Jew? That's the crazy thing. The code for the people who don't belong to a gang was Jew. That was uh, the street, the street flank that we had. Uh, I was like, I, I don't even know what that is. I'm brand new here, so <laughs> I will identify right. myself with that. And he's like, oh, hold on. So he, ran, he runs up to Yellow Pigeon and talks to the Yellow Pigeon. Yellow Pigeon, oh, okay, okay. And he, he nods his head. So apparently the answer given by saying I am good was also a code for a gang. So they had identified me as a gang. Oh, wow. That's why he asked me three times <laughs> to make sure <laughs> I was identifying myself properly. So he asked me, how are you doing? So according to the, the language they speak that they have, when you're in certain neighborhoods, they ask, how are you doing? You don't answer or you just say something stupid and they're like, oh, okay, this guy is not, he's not one of them. But they, by just the, uh, the colors I was wearing, they were like, they were trying to identify, okay, what group does this guy belong to? Who's he? Who's he? We need to know. And That's okay because like, um, you know, the export, the number one export of America is the culture. You know what I'm yep. saying? And you know, it's always influenced by music. So to think like even in, I mean, there's gangs everywhere, right? But um, yeah. that's that's crazy. Oh yeah, you know, and um, the, the only difference uh, with a lot of our gangs in Nigeria, I call them gangs, but we, we call them cults. Is that you have to be in yeah. for you to be a member? You know, belong in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, so fun memories. Like uh, there are countless number of times I would go to a different area like if you're going to some areas in portacourt you, you just have to make a phone call and say hey as soon as you're on a motorbike because you know you use motorbike as transportation so you're on a motorbike and you're approaching the, the the person's house if it's somewhere that is not like well lit you don't know that neighborhood you just start calling like you, you if if you had a cell phone you call while on the bike if you don't have a cell phone you made a call like just before you got on the motorbike like hey i'm on the motorbike coming so come stand outside because if you had colors that just looked that identify with the wrong group in that neighborhood, man, they're coming for you. You just you just see a little kid run up to you like, hey, how you doing? You're like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm good. You just look. How, you, how are you, little boy? How are you? And as soon as you try to pat the little boy on his head, you just see a little, <laughs> he's pointing at you, a little, a little shiny piece of Like, hey, okay, come with me. Like, oh, but, man, they got me. <laughs> but, I'm Hey, but, but, but back then, you know, the dudes still gotta go look for girls. So, <laughs> so I was, I was still going to the neighborhoods I wasn't supposed to go to, and I guess that's why when I joined the navy, and navy said, "Don't go to this neighborhood in the Middle East." I was like, uh, "Bro, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've been doing it already, so you can't stop me." Yeah. But yeah, it began. <laughs> uh, so, um, without going too far. Sticking with your childhood, what what would you consider your favorite childhood memory? Go ahead, Bileko. Favorite favorite childhood memory. Um, favorite childhood memory. I don't know. I played um, I played basketball. I played AAU um, out here in LA. Wasn't really that good, but whatever. And um, I 
I'd probably say is like I went on uh I got a I was playing ball and I ended up getting a scholarship to like this prep school. That'd probably be like my favorite like childhood memory or that I can think of the top of my head. Yeah, probably that. Yeah, you won a tournament and yeah, African so, parents. That's that's uh, that's big with African parents. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> no, but you know, you know what's you know what's crazy? Like my mom didn't understand it. Mm. Because you know, when you come here to the to the states, it's just like no, just go to school. We're just trying yeah. to survive because we left mm-hmm. back home. So my mom didn't understand this concept of like, what are these white dudes keep coming to my house talking about? Come play in our tournament. Like she didn't understand. Because <laughs> like Kobe Bryant, God bless the dead, and Michael Jordan, that's over there. Yeah, that's you know that's not no because there was a Kim and Matumbo, but they're seven feet. Mm-hmm. That's so right. we. We don't, we don't understand the concept of like, of, oh, you get a full scholarship to play sports. Like there's a lucrative career in, in sports. That we clearly see how much money is in sports entertainment. So she didn't understand that. My family didn't understand that concept. They're yeah. like, okay, you're, you're a little hobby. You heard him say, because we play yeah, football. That, that's the mindset of a whole lot of us, you know. Right. Plus it's, it's, not football. it's like our, our generation that started changing it. Right. And plus it's not football. Yeah. You Which is the number not, one thing you're, still, you're not good at football. I can't go from Africa, you can't play football. <laughs> right. No, right. If it, it you know, if it's not football, it's like, well, you're not really an athlete. Mm-hmm. Because we're the first, we're the first generation here. So we like, I'm like, no, no, basketball is real. They don't the, the adults, they didn't understand that concept. So that was probably a uh, takeaway that that was probably my favorite memory as a child. Like, oh, that was great. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh yeah. Mm. I actually, um, I don't know. Did you did you want to add anything? <laughs> so actually, kind of, it's a very uh, uh, there's a lot of similar similarities. I had a a very nice uh, childhood memory when actually, so I was playing soccer. I was good at it, you know. Um, no, I, I see your skills. You're good. You're much yeah. better than me. <laughs> I think I think I was good. I think I That's my favorite position. <laughs> offside. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I was, you know, like a decent, you know, decent player with a lot of technical skills and stuff like that. And I was uh, mostly like uh, yeah, in a nice group of young, you know, just young with, with, with the same age. Yeah. So we went on a tournament um, uh, in Holland. Oh, this nice. Like, oh. Uh, end of 90s, nine, 99, 2000, you know. Wow. Like, like, like probably like 12 to 13 years old something like that we went to uh holland but the tournament was great but what was you know much better in terms of memories was the fact that we had so much fun you know like at that age you don't even yeah. get to see you know all this bullshit that you know that we can see in the society today such as racism and all these things you know just like having fun of group a group of uh, young um players you know having fun and the coach too from spain we have people from turkey from morocco from from all over the world you know wow. and we we we, we so you, you got to enjoy the sport for what it is exactly exactly yeah. and what was the best it's uh, actually i discover my gift of comedy over there Wow. I didn't discover, yeah, like my coach literally, and I still, ha- we still have footage. They send me footage and uh, they were like, so after the game and the practice, we will come back to the, the camp and I will just like, 
people will put chairs and I will do shows, man. Just like wow. that. Yeah, Beautiful. and this is, this is like one of the best uh, time of my life. That's and awesome. Yeah, the coach was like, you know, they were like, uh, hey, man, did you ever think of, you know, pursuing comedy and stuff like that? I was like, no, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Years later, years later, when I was trying to, because I stopped soccer at one time and then try to come back at it. And my coach, the same that I had before, yeah. was like, man, you, you still didn't pursue it. And that's when, I, 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 you know, like it hit me. So mm -hmm. those are the best time of uh, my childhood memories, I would say, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, yeah, that's great. why I, lo I love asking this question because uh, I, I can't recall how many guests have, we have found, you know, a correlation of what they are doing now that you can trace back to their favorite childhood memories. There's mm -hmm. always something that you can tie from, you know, what they were doing now or what they claim to be their favorite childhood memory that you see, you see a characteristics right. in yeah. their, either their leadership quality or their, their, their gifts that maybe they just didn't have the right words to describe this as something that they could have make a career of. Right. So just that's like my favorite question to ask right. on this podcast, like, you know, your favorite childhood memories, because you, know, you, you just don't think about it, but your mind just takes you there and all of a sudden you're like drawing, you just see the thread connecting you to, from the past to the yeah. present. Right. So it's, it's, it's a powerful thing and it's just it beautiful hearing it. it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's, that's so beautiful. So despite not being born in um, DRC, mm -hmm. you guys have a strong attachment to your ancestral home. Yes, and sir. Um, when, when did you start to like notice or how will I put it? When did you, this, the, the attachment, how, how did you, like, when did you come to the first realization that you were Congolese, that the Congolese part of you existed? Um, I, 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 did I start? Um, I've always known it just because of our, you know, our, our name, like my name, right? So, like, I'll be in school. I mean, I remember being, like, four years old and I used to get tested on what's your name, where are you from, right? My mm -hmm. mom would, like, so, right, so... You know, African people, we have like seven, eight names. So, like, I yeah. would be on all my names, right? So, I've always known it. And then I would like the first movie I saw was Roots. Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, that was deep. So, like, I grew up, I grew up like you were going to learn like Black and African history, right? So, like, I would go to school. I remember being in kindergarten and telling my classmates, well, I'm from at the time Zaire. I'm from Zaire. Yeah. So, I'd be five, six years old saying, I'm from Zaire. And then as I got older, like say my black American friends, cause you know, we play, we playing basketball and you know, you're trying to identify with people that look like you are that right. They'd be like, man, they have an African name. I'd be like, no, I'm from Zaire. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh, your mom has an accent. I thought she was Jamaican. I was like, no, we're not Jamaican. We were from, we're from Africa, this, that. So then even I'd be like 10 years old. It'd be like, like learning lessons. Yeah. Like, so they'd be like, oh, what, you know, what about like my old, like my older sister had it rough. Well, she would get in the fights in African booty scratcher, but me, because wow. there's also a difference of being a boy too. Yeah. Like, because a dude can defend himself one, but two, like, you know, I played sports. So in America, we idol worship athletes. Mm -hmm. So if you play sports at any level, you're always going to get a pass. You're always going to get, oh, well, he's good at basketball. So I wouldn't have those problems. So then it'd be like, oh, he would teach. You know what I'm saying? So I always caught myself too. It's real weird. I'm very fortunate because other relatives, they're getting like major fights. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I always know it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, very important. Um, so me, like, very, very early, honestly, like I was, because I grew up with, you know, with my siblings, my sisters mm -hmm. that, you know, they were from, you know, they came from, from the Congo. Um, so I grew up learning Lingala already, like five, six. I was very curious as a kid, you know, like I was yeah. uh, very curious. So I always grew up with that at home, at, at the house, you know, I would talk in Lingala, I would ask questions. How do you say that? How do you say this? And so to me, I feel like I never, I never asked, I mean, I never realized that thing. I just like knew it, you know, that's how I feel, you know. It was just part of it. I am, this is a fact, this is who I am, this is my culture. And uh, and the rest was just like, okay, discovering the, the you know, the, the historical connection between where, where we're from and our own environment in Belgium. No, so learning about the, you know, the colonization, the history, mm -hmm. why is my, I was born here, okay, colonization, my history and stuff like that. Mm. So that was, um, yeah, my my thing, mm. my journey. Yeah, it's uh, something that, yeah, because to, for, for, yeah, I grew up with uh, Zaire too, you know, and uh, sure. for most of my life, it was uh, Mobutu Sesiseko. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who yeah. was who was the man? That's why I'm always asking for his heart because <laughs> that, that's the guy that was on the picture and um yeah and then all the uh, money too. when when he when when he passed away I was like oh there's uh these people have been in power for long it was like a shock that wow something like this can go but yeah it was just like a walled away from because you don't really know anything you don't really meet anybody from there right. you just exist like nigeria was just in its own planet like even the people who were around nigeria i, I had like one cameroonian in my school uh -huh. and yeah like i've said in earlier episodes i was you know i was i was really big on being a british subject back then you know it was right, right. Um, yeah we colonized the british i didn't realize that cameroon was part of the <laughs> the uh, commonwealth too right to, to the to the deal yeah with the, with the split mm, yeah so yeah but we didn't treat the boy right <laughs> we, we used to we used to talk trash at him because we thought he was um a french uh he was from a french colony but right. uh yeah but it was like nigeria why, why nigeria need to talk to anybody you know why nigerians that was just the mindset but right, it was right. the time i said like man I, I don't even know anything about anybody you know i don't know anything and like when I had uh, Joshua on, on the podcast and I was like, yeah, you know, that that's why it, it never occurred to most of us that there were vacation spots on the, on the continent. Like, you know, we should be going to, if you want to go on vacation, you, you don't be asking your parents, like, hey, if you could afford it, you don't say, hey, can we go to this nearby country? Why, why would you be thinking of Europe or you be thinking of Asia, you be thinking yeah. of America? That's all your dreams, all your dream textbooks, nothing was African. Only African right. nations come. That was the only time we thought about Africa. Yeah, <laughs> you want to yeah, see the other countries. No organization. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, along with your um, still staying with your childhood, who, who were the first Congolese celebrities that you got to uh, that that were introduced to your life? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is just so funny. You know, basketball, yeah, right? But Matumbo, like, 
and it's, it's, it sucks because it's like his game wasn't sexy, right? Like his game wasn't appealing because he's a giant. He's seven mm-hmm. foot, right? So, and then being a Laker fan, I'm in LA, so I'm a Laker fan. So it's like, well, he's not a Laker, right? So we would always go for him or whatever. I always, you know, you, you always root for him. And Akeem Olajuwon. Akeem's one of my favorite players. That's another topic. But Akeem's game is sexy. Like, like oh, it's beautiful. Artistically. <laughs> right? Like, Akeem's incredible. Very underrated. That's another topic. But the first Congolese celebrity, I mean, of course, you know, you have, like, a group on Franco. Um, it was always musicians. Right, Julian? Like, like growing up, like, it was always, like, it was always that, that was my expectation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kofi, it, would, it would always be, like, musicians. Right? And then, of course, as I got older, like, Folly and them, I'd be like, oh, man, these guys are, like, these these dudes these dudes are great. So it was always like um, musicians. You know what I'm saying? It's all yeah, yeah. So all musicians, pretty much. Was it, it was like different, really? Julian? No, yeah. no actor, no actor. No, it was musicians. That's yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I was uh, yeah. I think I was probably it was when Willow became big. That okay. which which never ended, which has never ended for Nigerians anyway. Because <laughs> you can't have a Nigerian party without a Willow playing to this day. I mean, his first album, not not his current stuff. It's still his first album we play. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think yeah, I was probably a young adult before I realized that a whole bunch of songs my mom used to play right from my childhood were Congolese. Yeah, a lot of. The, yeah. the albums that we had at home were Congolese um, yeah. songs and tracks. So, like, I know Papa uh, Papa Wemba, was, right, right, was huge. But it, I, I, it would take years for me to figure out. Oh, these guys are Congolese. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm grooving to this jam. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I'm like, know. oh wow, there's a whole bunch of Congolese artists that it's like. So like now, like I'm, I'm playing on Spotify and Spotify rec- rec- uh, recommend a song. I'm like, oh, let me just check this track. And I'm like, oh snap, I had this song when I was a kid. Right. Congolese. And I'm like, wow. If I go look it up, I'm like, wow. But you know, but you know, it's, it's funny, Ralph, you say that because like, then, you know, like, I like the example of Spotify because as we got older, like we grew up in the house, we heard all kinds of music, right? Mm-hmm. There's some, like, I was listening to Magic System and, you know, where are they from? Where's Magic System from? I'm I doing it. Ivory Coast. Huh? Ivory Coast. Oh, oh. I've listened to them for years. I was just like, it's just good music. I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, like, like I was listening to King Sonny Adu. I was like, I didn't know he was from, like, I was just like, it's just dope. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that, I think that's that's the advantage of um, technology that we have today. Uh-huh. Because back then, you just had to rely on somebody older to, to tell you. And if, yeah. they, if they didn't know what they were talking about, you just like, okay, yeah, that's a fact. They're old. Right. They know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, it was. Uh, Wait, Julius. Uh, oh, so yeah, so to me, I remember exactly how I realized, like, how I discovered that my dad was uh, a celebrity, mm-hmm. because so they we you know we moved from the place I was born, and then we moved into a new place in uh, Molenbeek in Brussels, and uh, so now we lived up. Our apartment was upstairs and downstairs was the business, the restaurant. My 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 parents had a restaurant. Uh-huh. And um, so I remember when everything was ready to go to, you know, they were ready to run the business. So now, like the, how do you call it, the grand opening. 
I go downstairs, like I'm like seven, six, seven years old. And now I see photos of my dad with like uh, always different people, you know, black and white photos and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm <laughs> like, okay, so hold on. What's, why is the, all these photos, you know, like I don't understand. And then, you know, this is where, where I get to discover that my dad was a famous person in the, back in the Congo. And after the restaurant has been open, I get to see Papa Wemba, I get to see musicians because wow. in the basement, we had a, a lot of space, right? So we had yeah. musicians that went, you know, from, from Cong Congolese musicians, whatever they had, they had the concert, they would come and rehearse in our basement. Oh, wow. To see Papa Wemba. And Papa Wemba was actually happy because... I already watched La Vie est Belle, the movie, Life is Beautiful, uh -huh. which is a classical movie, by the way, if you guys uh, don't know. Classical movie with Papa Wemba. Uh -huh. So now I know that, okay, my dad is actually, he, he's known, you know, like he's, he's a famous person. And this is how I got, uh, I discovered that, you know, I realized that. So, so you were getting free seats to concerts. You know, huh? you were getting free seats to concerts. I don't know if I can. <laughs> you were, you were, I'm, I'm jealous yeah. now. I'm, I'm like, let's trade places. I want to time travel. <laughs> no, that's that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful, man. You got you you got to see one of Africa's greatest musicians and enjoy. Wow. Like, wow, that that's like, at that age you don't you don't really realize, but it's like later on, you know. Like right now, I'm like, oh shit, this is this is crazy. And mostly, I'm sorry, mostly also like I had a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, athletes from, from Congo, you know, mm -hmm. great local player. His name was uh, uh, Erumba, Vieux Erumba. He passed away a long time ago. Like politicians, uh, mm -hmm. Kabila, Kabila's dad, the Mze, oh, wow. people like that. So, yeah. Now I'm like, oh, shit, I've seen like the history of Congo in my fucking restaurant. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. You know, so those are the things I had to see early. Yeah, that, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Not everybody has stories like that. That was, that was not what I was expecting when I asked that question. Okay. <laughs> 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 we're, sharing, we're sharing the journeys in here. Hey, is is the restaurant still open in Brussels? No, oh, no, no, close. Ah, oh, man, I, I wanted I wanted to say, let me go down and say, hey, can I can I come <laughs> chill here for for like one week? <laughs> you can't go. You an American citizen. Nobody wants Gosh. us. Man, don't, don't don't give that out. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna be like I'm I'm here on asylum. You know, refugee status. <laughs> I still got a few days before Trump gets out. <laughs> I can claim that. <laughs> No, he's stretching it out. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh. So yeah, this is just uh man, that, that that that's a great story there. Man, that that I think I'll just go with this next question that I had in, in I was gonna save it for later on. But mm -hmm. since you've mentioned some royalties with music and concerts, I just have to ask. You guys do a lot of skits and you yeah. touch on music also. So uh, who, who's the best dancer amongst you guys? Oh, <laughs> no. listen, it's no question. It's Chikuna. It's no, Julian. Come on, I no. Got... no. I I, I, 
I, I don't listen. I and, and this is what's great because Julian grew up in Europe, so he's still you know technically closer to Congo. He's closer yeah. to Africa, yeah. right? Where here I'm in LA, and it's like that has nothing to do though. I don't know. Yeah, dude, I think it does because like the way they dance here. <laughs> It's so different. It's well, like LA doesn't have even the hip hop dances. I don't think LA has any hip hop dance that uh New York that, that, that took over yeah. the whole genre. Yeah, because you got to realize like the subculture of LA is Hollywood and 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 and, and gang banging, right? Surfing, mm -hmm. whatever. So like in hip hop, that's like the root of like of West Coast is like um you know about like your street street life. So. Mm -hmm don't really dance you might boogie like little yeah little yeah like, i know right <laughs> right like a little bit but it's like you you, you know the, the whatever you from you they walk so it's like but african music it's like and 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 and, and, and southern music like if you go to like i went to a college in the south where you like you dance to have like fun and but here's like like no so it's julian because you know how to like you know in congo we have to move our waist i don't know how to move oh it. yeah yeah don't know how to do that. Out. Oh boy, man. <laughs> my, my out, that, that, no. When you start Makosa, that stuff at Nigerian parties, that, that, that stuff is responsible for population growth in not only Nigeria, a whole bunch of African countries. Population growth. <laughs> <laughs> if, if all these countries that are are suffering um um that have a drought with population growth understood the effect of makosa they would they would have made that a national music oh, but they, they don't, don't understand that they, they can come consult me you know i'll be a makosa consultant and <laughs> <laughs> makosa consultant that's great man <laughs> no, I I, 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 it's funny because I do, Julie. I do think it's funny. I, th I think it's, you, I think it's you, Julie. I'm like, I'm okay, but see, I, I like dance funny. No, okay, this is the reality, though. Uh, uh, I'm not really into the Congolese uh, dance music. I have some hips moves a little bit, but uh, I'm not into. Oh man, like people are. Uh, I, I think Jules is being modest, but uh, I, I, from from what I've seen, I, I know Jules if. If if it's a matter of life and death, Jules Jules gonna break the floor right now. He's gonna break the floor <laughs> oh, right yeah. now. And everybody gonna be like, woo, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, the, ne the next time uh -huh. we have a party, when, when there's a party in 2022, he's gonna be sweating on breaking it up. I'm uh -huh. a whole dance floor. Okay, hey, look at Julian. He knows how to I'm, dance. I'm just gonna I'm be, I'll be there with my two dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> Spray. <laughs> 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 Two dollar bills. I take the money. Hey, you the can money. never go wrong with two dollar bills. You just show up there, carry two hundred dollars in two hundred dollar bills. You do that, you go see that book. Gonna be like, man, this that's a big baller there, big baller. Yeah, right. The uncles they're gonna be like, that's what I'm talking about. People, we need people like this. Come to the party and he's praying. They're like, oh, he was only spraying two dollars. It's not. It's not two dollars. It's the way he did it. The way he did it. We need. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's, so funny. That's what I gotta do. If you go to any African wedding, just show up with your two dollar bills. Oh, go yeah. to the bank, get your two dollar bills, show up there, and make your oh, one time I... spray, go sit down. Everybody's gonna be like, Wow, young man, I like you. Last, last wedding I was at, I had twenty dollars singles, but I just do it real slow so you look like a baller. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, he's really making it rain. Yeah, that's right. That's it, man. That's it. You Absolutely. just 
man. Mm-hmm. I, I think we had last, uh, the, the, yeah, it was the last wedding I went to was in the UK, mm-hmm. and I had my singles, and I sh- I showed up uh, for the traditional marriage, and man, they were like everybody there was like, oh, who got singles? Who got singles? I was like, how how the hell are you guys gonna be in, in the UK, in Nigerian wedding? Both couples are Nigerians, so all the friends are Nigerians, and nobody had singles. And they're oh, like, oh, I'm like, oh well, I have my dollars here. Yeah. You know, you guys have pounds sterling. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to spend pounds, pounds sterling. <laughs> money, spray, spray the money, the money. They're like, ah, brother, you have, you have, you have single dollars. Wow, you, you can't. I'm saying, uh, sorry, I don't have. I, I, I'm, I'm not like withdrawing the whole singles from United States to, to the UK. <laughs> Everybody's like, can you change singles for 20 pounds? I'm like, brother, what the hell is going on? No. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I learned a lot. That UK trip was uh, amazing. <laughs> it's the memory. Yeah. So, um, when, when did you guys make your first trip to the to Congo? Uh, I haven't been there. I haven't been there since I was five. Wow, that's been a while. Yeah, I'm still uh, b- b- prior to COVID in July. I was supposed to be in Congo, but then you know, COVID came and it's like, oh, now pushed you back. Oh, yeah, yeah. COVID changed a whole lot for people. Oh man, I'm excited and terrified to go back home now. Why? Sure. Because I'm so, you know, I'm so Americanized. It's like, I think if you go, like, I, Julian goes more frequently. Like, if I could go, if I would have gone, like, maybe every three, four years or whatever, mm-hmm. I culture, you oh, know? okay. Now, yeah. now I'm a in there, like, a, oh, I'm a visitor. <laughs> Say, like, oh. <laughs> you, 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 um, what well, we call it JJC. A fresh, a fresh fruit, a fresh uh, fish on the yard. Yeah, <laughs> they, they can smell it. They can smell it as soon as you, you, you get out of the plane. It's like mm, they smell it. Right. There you go. Uh, yeah, you, you can know speak gonna... speak all the language you want to speak. They're gonna be like, bro, we know. Right, we know. right. Well, if everybody is paying five, um, what's it? What's the currency there? If they're paying five bucks, you yours is gonna be ten bucks automatic. You're like, but, but hey, as I speak the same with the same accent. Like, no, 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 no. We we can't tell. <laughs> we right, can't right. tell. You're JJC. <laughs> Yours is ten bucks. <laughs> Just be nice to us. Be nice and pay. Uh-uh. You come from America. You don't. And they will tell you where you come from too. They go like, yeah. you come from America. If you, the next person speaks like, you came from London. You be like, wait, what? Who told you? Ah, no, 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 no. We can't tell. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. And, and, and look, and Ralph, that's the thing. Like, don't tell about the walk. Like, yeah. I know I Julian, I speak old Lingala too, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Like I speak, I don't speak this modern, like I don't have the slang. I don't know the uh, slang. You don't speak no? the 2.0 Lingala? Yeah, oh no, no, I, <laughs> 2.0 Lingala. No, <laughs> on clearance. It's the one on clearance. You know what I'm <sighs> it's on sale. So they'll know. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. like, what is this? this is, like, I have braces. The, if I still have braces by then, like, yes, braces. What? This is, this is bougie. You know, yeah. America out of here. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, go, go, no, no, no. You're good. Uh, so, Jules, so, you, you, you go, you, you go, you, you used to travel frequently, right? Uh, yeah, especially, you know, like uh, between 2019 and, and 2020, you know, since the, my dad passed away. Because oh, he, sorry to hear that. Life, man, thank you. So he he was buried over there, so I had to, you know, obviously doing 
taking care of all these things. Yeah. And also, 2011 was my first time in Congo. Oh, wow. So what was that experience like? Oh, my God. That was actually so I had to make that move. I don't know. I always believed that I had to go before moving to America. I moved in the U.S. in 2012 and I always had in mind to move to the motherland first. No, oh, good. Reason. You know, I, I don't know. For some, I'm, I'm like that. For some hey, that, but, that was good that you did that, man. It was good. good. Uh, so, so yeah, to answer your question, that was an amazing experience in terms of uh, discovering the, the truth. You know, it's good. The good thing is that I grew up, right, with the culture at, at home in Belgium, right? But now I had to, to experience, like, the reality. Mm -hmm. and, uh, just being there and see the reality of it, you know, the the, the family, the poverty, the the the, the 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 culture, you know, from a different point of view, from different angles. So that was an, an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different when um all you've been all, all you get is just being told mm -hmm. and you just see from far away, but oh, yeah. when you get to experience it face to face. You get, I, I think it humanizes the whole experience for you. Absolutely. Yeah, so you can see the people as people. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Because Absolutely. it's one thing that uh, I, I think people, some people don't realize that we need to be able to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Not just only the good. Exactly. You need to see everything. So, felt, yeah, that, that's, that's why going home is important. I haven't gone in a while, though. But, okay. uh, but I, I left, I was an adult when I left. So I have a good excuse in my case. I had, uh, I really, uh, that's how I, I, I really felt. I felt home for real. Like I, I, I felt some, some peace that I would never had mm. uh, experienced before, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and from that point on, I was like, okay, this is, this is uh, amazing. <laughs> so yeah. this is home. And always I, I'm trying to find a way if I, if I can, like each year I have to make a trip. Now, every year it's to, to go there, you know, mm -hmm. uh, go to, to visit my dad's grave and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I always have a good reason to go to Congo. Uh, you, have, you have to take Bileko and uh, let him go experience. Yeah, we were planning on to. No, that's, that's the thing. In July, we we're going to go, we're going to go to Canada. We're going to go to Lumbumbashi. Yeah. Oh, and okay. Then and so my goal was because my same thing. My father died. That's when I went when I was five. So oh, okay. I was. Uh, that's all right. Um, go to clean his grave, and then every year just go. Like from now on, every year you got you mm -hmm. have to, because like I'm in LA, and I mean I mean I, I don't want to make it. It's not racial or anything like that, but like I like being around black people. It's like cool. It's fun. You know, like I'm being in Lamert Park. It's like very like black conscious, and it's very cool. And I was just like. I want to go to afterwards, like, oh, you're just around black people. Like, oh, this is, you know, I want to be home. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to feel that feeling. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually jealous when Julian says that. I'm like, man, I can't wait. I think I think that's the mission I always recommend to my, my you know, friends back in Belgium that never went, you know, to Congo. And it's like a mission because it is going to give you a strong sense of perspective uh, I mean, you're gonna think different. You're never gonna be the same person once you go mm -hmm. to, to to Congo for for your first time, you know. So I, well, I, I tell people that it's it's not about. Um, I think what some people fear or mistake is that when people tell them that you should go, is 
that they, they feel like, oh, you're telling me I should move. I'm like, no, I don't tell you that you should move, but you should visit. Yeah. For those who've never gone before, a visit is good. Absolutely. Go see and experience it for yourself. Not You can't read it all. You can't watch it all. You can't hear it all. You have to go yeah. see and build that uh, connection on your own. Everybody's connection is not going to be the same. Absolutely. So you have to go build that connection on your own. And then from there, whatever you decide, it's on you. But sure. it's everybody's journey. Because not, not, not every, every two person have the same journey. That's right. Mm. Well said. But like for me, what I would like, like for me, I would like to go to Congo because I, I haven't been to other African countries. And mm. that's why I'm not crazy about going back to Nigeria. I'm like, well, I don't really believe Nigeria has anything for me. Mm-hmm. There are other places around Africa. I want to go see them. I want to I've eaten Congolese food. I've eaten Senegalese food. I've eaten Togolese food. I've eaten other people. Where am, why am I not going there? I don't go there. It's like, I have to go back to Nigeria. I say, no, I have to go to other places too in Africa. They exist. Let me go uh, no. try and visit there. Because that's another um, way of re- rewiring the brain too. Because the, the more I do that, I start changing also. Well, you know, that's interesting you say that because I, I think us as like black people, we don't do that. We'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to... Like everybody went to Ghana for, you know, yeah. like the home. But it's like, hopefully that opened up where it's like, I'm going to go to Ghana. Let me go to Senegal. Mm-hmm. Let me go to Europe. Let me go to Tanzania. You know, let me go to Congo. Let me go to Namibia. Let me go to, you know what I mean? All these different all African nations. Let me go to Zambia. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's what, 53 nations in Africa and uh, there's thousands of different tribes. So it's like. Yeah. But so I, last time I saw him mention it said like 3,000 tribes. And I said, yeah. Probably. It, there's there's so much to experience because you, you can't like um, you can't watch um, what was that Beyonce's documentary you can't just watch and say oh I've seen the whole of Africa I'm like uh, no you <laughs> you <ain't> seen nothing it's <laughs> vague because I I because I, I, I use the same analogy like with the the states right like if you go to like we're United States of America you're in New York mm-hmm. I'm in a like that's such a completely different subculture. People don't understand like that's two different places. Like even like LA and the Sa- the Bay, San Francisco and Oakland. They'll be like, yep. "Oh, you California." I'm like, "That's good. There's like two different worlds." It is. <laughs> it is. From, from everything I've heard, it is. Com- I mean, I have a lot of Navy guys in San Diego, and yeah. it, it's like a completely different language they speak to people in LA. Complete. Oh, San Diego's completely different. This is only two hours south. Yeah, it's completely. Like and, and you know, so it, it's it's crazy. Like we get to understand that over here, but we, we don't get to understand the same right. when it comes to the continent. So I'm like, you know what? Just go experience it. Then for some people, some people just have to go see it for themselves. And then like, oh, okay. I, I'm like, okay, yeah. Now you get it because right. <laughs> right. you, you can't you can't capture it in a two hour movie or three hour movie. You can't. It's it's, it's not enough to cap, capture. You know. Like right. um, it's it's a dream that I hope I can get. I'm still working in logistics, but it's something mm-hmm. that I would like to travel from Morocco down to South Africa, like go around the whole of Africa, man. I mm-hmm. visit the whole African countries. That that's like my ultimate bucket list. Visit each and every single African country. I go right. go there and just see for myself. See meet right. people, eat their food, shake hands, and yeah, eat their food write whatever i'm gonna write but it's <laughs> something that i yeah it's now that i have a kid it's a little bit 
tough I have to negotiate with that little little boss about um when can I leave? Right, right. right. <laughs> A's and mask. Oh man. Right. I, I'm not worried about that because I, I wear my mask and all that, but as a guy, it's also easier too. But, right, right. but yeah, and then at least with uh, what's his name, no longer with us, uh, Anthony Bourdain. I can be the black Bourdain. You know? Let me go be the African Bourdain and do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, before we continue, let me, um, we're going to pause for a little break. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, it's just a little, little break and uh, we'll be right back shortly. Hi, everyone. Your host, Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we've gone past our one year anniversary of doing White Label American. I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback, over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listeners, which is why we have created White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one -on -one conversation either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash whitelabelamericanpod. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. Bileko, you, you attended college in the South. In yeah, the in the South. Um, Julian, did you attend college in the United States or? In no, back in Belgium. Back in Belgium? All right. So two different college experiences. Oh, yeah. Um, when did the comedy, when did you guys decide to, was it in college you started going into comedy or when, when did the comedy parts begin to open up um that's that's interesting because i was in the ninth grade um i was a high school and i had a spanish class and the teacher would make me get up in front of class each student and we would um answer questions in spanish mm. so i would answer the question in spanish she's a white lady she said um 
I remember one day after class, because she was the fifth period, or yeah, whatever period it was, and she said, Belayko, you need to get into improv. And I was like, what's improv? Right? She was like, oh, that's what like Eddie Murphy, Saturday Night Live, Matt TV, that's what they do. You are really good at this. You should, you, she said, you have no conscience when you get up there. You don't care. I was just like, improv? Hmm. So that always stuck in my head. Then before I went to school, went to went away to school in Virginia, I went to Norfolk State. I went to a comedy club and I was just like, yeah, I think I can do this. One of my friends, they were like, come on, let's go to a comedy club before you go, you leave for college. It was like, it was like a, like a party or a gift or whatever. And that stuck in my head. And then after I went to Virginia for two years or a year and a half, I transferred back to Seaside and I just started going to comedy clubs. I was going to, I was, after class, I would just go to a comedy club. I was going to, Julie, you know Ha Cafe? That's the first place I went. I went to Ha Cafe uh-huh. every, every day for like a year and a half, like five days a week. Just wow. like I went, you know what I mean? Like, you know, bombing, trying to be around it, get around it. I took so a, what was that first experience like on, on, on stage? It was interesting because it's like, um, you know, playing sports, it wasn't like you got stage fright. Mm-hmm. You're angry, right? So it was just more so just get up there. But at the same time, I was take, I took a stand-up comedy class. So I had maybe like two or three minutes of jokes or whatever, where I was like, oh, I remember, I think I was talking about like being African and whatever and relationships and stuff like that or whatever. So it wasn't really stage fright. It was more so like, oh, I'm just getting up there because what happened was, okay, now, no, okay, now this is clear. I was pretty much doing my own rendition of Eddie Murphy Raw, mm. right? Oh, right. Yeah. Because, you know, the best like the best way for you to learn, you mimic somebody else. Yeah. Right. I, I was always copying Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. So I remember old jokes where I would have the same cadence. So I talked about an Italian dude. That's Eddie Murphy Raw. I'm not from New York. And in L.A., we have an Italian community, but I'm not. Cl- I don't know anybody Italian. So I was doing an Italian impersonation. And then I was um, doing some of Dave Chappelle's like cadence. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then over time, you know, you find your own voice and still trying to find my, my own voice on my own stories. All right. Yeah. My, that was pretty much like copying Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. Wow. So what about mm-hmm. you, Julian? Um, what, the beginning of starting comedy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to me, it was like... Uh, so, to, so, yeah, I was living with my sisters. This is right after I started getting back. You remember I told you about the coach that told me, oh, you still have yep. a Okay, so I've, this year actually at soccer, it wasn't doing good because, you know, I started having injuries. We mm. on my trainees and um, injuries. And then I was like, to be honest, like I was lost in life because I'm not a, the school guy. I'm the street smart. Yep. And, um, and then I start, you know, I start to think about what, okay, what, what I was going to do with my life. And uh, I went to, to live away from Brussels few months with my one of my sister just to you know to clear my head and stuff like that so in that process one of my nephew one night came came home with a rental dvd and at the same times i was i will ask questions to the universe to god you know and uh i remember that night as as if it was yesterday so my nephew came home with a, a rental dvd of a french successful comedian his name is Jamel Debus. Oh. Okay, so this is, you know, we don't get to do that often. So let's let's play that DVD instead. So funny dude and shit. And uh, 
in the middle of watching that show, I knew exactly what I was going to do with my life. This is crazy. It's like I had I had a revelation. I say, okay, this is me. This is a fact. This is who I am. And now all these things came back. You know, hey, what have you thought about doing comedy? Have you thought about doing this and that? Yeah. So it was just like making sense. You know, right. from that moment, I say, okay, I know who I am exactly. You know, so. Uh, and then, uh, like a week after, I went to France. So I started contacting my my aunt in France because that that was it. That was it. It's no it's no back to my old life. Okay. And right. I need to pursue this. Right. So um, I wanted to see the comedy scene uh, closer. So I went to France since uh, the the comedy scene is bigger in France than Belgium. Mm-hmm. And just to have the experience, try to make some connection, try to get on stage. Uh, uh, where in France did you go to? Uh, Paris. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went to Paris. I had a, a, a great, a great year there. I lived there for a year with my aunt. I had a job right away at McDonald's. Uh, I met great friends of great people, and I also uh, through an agency, I had my uh, short film. Oh, wow. I got cast into a short film, which went into a festival over there in France. And after that year, I came back to Belgium uh, because, you know, my dad wasn't getting too young anymore. So I wanted to stay close to him and just still hustling. Right. Yeah. At some point, again, I I sidetrack again because I got into a relationship. And uh, once I broke up, the dream came back. Ah. But now I was like, okay, hold on. I did that. I was pursuing it, but not a hundred percent. But if I really want to do that, I really want to do that on a, on a high level. Hmm. So I started having a discussion with my dad and I was dreaming about uh, going to the US. Mm. This, is, this is how I moved. Wow! So it was comedy that pushed you to come to oh, US. Absolutely! Yeah. Wow, that's that's really bold because, um, yeah, I know I know English. You didn't start with English as your first language. Yeah, exactly. And for I mean, someone like you, that that's a lot of uh, that that's a lot of commitment and um, a courageous step to take to go into comedy. Because it, it's not like acting. Because um, if it's like acting, you are going to. So it's a lot easier to navigate yeah. the movie side of the business if you're not if you didn't start with speaking English, but with comedy where um, you, you, your your words and the language you're navigating the, the the language you have to use that to capture the audience. You you decide to go into that. That that that's a really bold move. So yeah, that that that's really big. So I commend you on that and following that dream. Thank you. Yeah. So, Thank you. So you, you decided to move to America and uh did you go straight to LA or what city did you come to in America? Yeah, I decided based on you know what I was since I grew up in Belgium, I know exactly what it is to have four seasons a year. Um the cold. I, I I'm not I don't deal with the cold. I don't like you know, I don't I like to experience that, but on a short time or on vacation and stuff like that. I grew up in that, so I was like, you know what. I want to go to the palm trees where the where is the sun and stuff like that. Oh. Was very <laughs> and I was like, that's going to be pretty much also helped me along the journey. 
you know, to me, like the sun makes the things, the journey easier. I was like that. So I was like, you know, let's, let's go to, to LA. Oh, good. Good. So we'll jump forward a little bit and, um, I'm, I'm not gonna, I was gonna ask how you guys met, but I'll, I'll, I'll still ask it, but in a way, I want to ask how did Bantu Boys come to be? Or how did Bantu Boys get started? Um we were at we were at um so gosh. in a way you can tie that into how you guys met too. I, I, I believe in a way it might it might be related. No, it's a so we're at we were auditioning at a comedy club at Ice House in Pasadena. Um there was probably like what 50 comics um Julian or whatever, because those auditions are just a lot of comics, right? Funny comics or whatever. So Julian gets up there, Julian kills, I'm watching him, and I was like, hey man, this guy's from Central Africa, right? You could just, it's funny because, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, like Africans we know, like it's weird, like I'm be like, yeah. oh, or like, if he's not Nigerian, he might be from Togo, or you know what I'm saying? Like, you can just tell. There's, a, can, six, there's a sixth sense that we just have, yeah. it, it, it identifies, <laughs> at least it identifies oh. the region that you're from, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 like it's funny because like if a dude popped up right now on this comedy club and he, I mean, in this um this Zoom and he was from like Zimbabwe, I would be like, hmm, are you Zambian or are you Kenyan? Like you just know. I don't know what it is. I, I mm-hmm. can't. Right? So Julian just from, know. Right? It's part and of I, our uh, evolution. <laughs> we just right. know. <laughs> so Julius before we could, I was just like, wait, this guy's from Central Africa. I was like, I could tell, and I was like, I, I, I said, you know, you do the process of elimination in your head. I was like, it's not got born. I was like, is he from Brazzaville? I was like, let me see. All right, right. So Julian goes up there, he kills. Um, leaves. It's the end of the audition. All the comments are talking to each other. I go up to him and I'm like, hey man, where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Central Africa. And I hate that. After you know what you because it is uh, when non-Africans ask Africans where they're from, we go by region because we pretty much are saying you don't know what country it is anyway. So I'm just gonna give yeah. you a vague region, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I'm from I'm from Eastern Africa, right? Because yeah. <laughs> if you say like, oh no, I'm from Tanzania, you're going to be like, wait, what? Like, you know, the, uh, like average American or whatever, right? So when he said it, I took his disrespect. I said, Central Africa, where are you from, man? I'm like, where are you from? Right? Don't tell me Central Africa. You know how big Africa is? Central Africa. Are you from Central Africa of public? Are you from Gabon? Like, where are you from? So yeah. he was like, I'm from the Congo, right? So I started speaking Lingala to him, right? And then he's like, yo, Oh my goodness, you're Congolese. So the picture like 20 comics just around looking like, why are these guys, first of all, they're speaking a whole nother language. Like, they're like, like what's happening, right? <laughs> right. Jill was like, I didn't know there was a, a Congolese person, let alone a comedian out here. And I was like, yo, mm-hmm. in, there's been Congolese people in LA for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, there's like a huge community here. He was like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, I grew up here. I'm from here, blah, blah, blah. I think that was in October. Right. So we exchanged information. I think we followed each other on Instagram. And then we saw each other at what's the comedy club on Melrose? Um, Julian? Uh, improv. Yeah. We saw each other at the improv. Uh, I like, can't uh, right. And it, it, I was like, man, we got to do something. <laughs> and Julian was like, man, we got to do something. Together. I was like, we got to do something together. But he went to Belgium. I think he went to Belgium and Congo for, um, for Christmas, New Year's. You said, when yeah. I get back, I said, yeah, hit me up. We'll try to figure out something. So then he came back, I think it was February, March. I had my cousin Patrick, 
he was always like coming around like he's a lawyer but he was always coming around supporting like um the artistic side or whatever and i was like yeah i think we can have a band it's all blessed julian already had the name for bantu boys or whatever he's like we should call make this group and yeah so it's been what a year and a half year and five months or whatever we've been like creating stuff getting more into like now we're getting more into like long form stuff so yeah that's how we like man yeah Beautiful. You, you guys make great stuff. So we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. Thank you, man. I, I, I keep telling people, man. I actually introduced you guys to um, South African. Well, they're based in South Africa, but they, they talk to um, African uh, podcasters too. Uh, oh, nice. The culture recently. Um, yeah. Oh, man. They're, they're fantastic brothers too. Funny guys I, also. I text Patrick, we got to get you on our podcast. When we start doing season two, we got to get you on, Ralph. You're hilarious. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. That's my, my honor and right. pleasure. Yeah. I, I try, I try and bring the game there. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe, I, maybe I try, I'll try and get a Mobutu hat so I can, I can look the. <laughs> get the nice leopard. Look like. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, what they call them, Peter? They might come after me, the Peter people. <laughs> uh, they're not going to Africa. Ah. Uh, they, 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 hey, I live in Brooklyn. They're going to come like, hey, man, oh, uh, no, we, we had you skin the cat. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, um, <laughs> leave this veteran alone, man. Coming to America, too, is coming out. Uh, leave us alone. Zamunda, get out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, so you guys already have a podcast. We yes, make sir. content. When are you guys going to launch your football club, man? And and you know, um, you yeah. know, I, I, I'm volunteering to play. Like you know, I, I volunteer to play striker because I play striker in my dad's league, beer league, neighborhood neighborhood soccer team. You know, I, but I'm not promising <laughs> that I'll be Tresor, Lomano, Lua Lua. But I, <laughs> uh, you know, if you guys start a football club, I can I can play. <laughs> you know. Yo, I love this dude, man. Hey, look. <laughs> hey, first of all, that'd be the dream to have like a nice football traveling football club. Beating up other comics in the uh, football league, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> you know how great that'd be. Oh. <laughs> oh, I could yeah, that's all I know because I know to you, I'm American, so you know, us in America, we use our hands. I'll be goalie. Hey, I, I that, that that's what that's what that's my when, when I get tired, hey, you find me in the goal. I'm like, yeah, I, I ain't doing running, man. I, I ain't making pro anymore, so uh, either I'm playing offside. I get tired of playing offside, and I'm like, okay, I'll go stay and go post now. <laughs> Side note, as I've gotten older, I had more respect for football players because I didn't know they were running that much. I did not know you guys. You go, it's running for 90 minutes. Like, just yep. not running. <laughs> no timeouts, nothing. I mean, you get subbed, but y- y'all are just running. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing in a five-a-side uh, indoor space. And man, that, that's like, you know, there's no, the ball can't go out. It's like, you know, bouncing off the walls. And I'm like, bro, man, as soon as we had like more, more dads show up, I'm like, yeah, we have subs. Sub me out. Sub me out. I, I score one goal. I'm like, out. <laughs> Taking a break. <laughs> They're like, you play for five minutes. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you seen this body? This body needs maintenance. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if i if i could afford to get uh julian on loan 
Yeah, I, I could sign Julian to our team. <laughs> he'll he'll, he'll it, come, he'll come be scoring for me, but I can't. You know, it's difficult. You know, like we, oh we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, are you guys from the same region of uh, Congo? No, um, that's why you it better. No, um, Julian, Julian, go ahead, Julian, tell them where you're, you're from. No, me, uh, so my both parents are from Kasai. Uh, so my dad was born in Lubumbashi, okay. Uh, he grew up there and then escaped to uh, to move in Bandal. Bandal is like the city of actually a lot of artists that's from, from Bandal. Oh. Uh, originally from Kasai. Okay. Yeah. Which is like Kasai, oh, I'm sorry. Kasai, no, no. mostly people like to connect uh, Kasai with, you know, all these natural resources. And wow. uh, yeah, like, you know, diamond and stuff like that. Those are the region, richest region actually in Congo. Wow. Uh, but I don't have any diamonds. I'm sorry. Dang it. Man, why, why are you even on this podcast, man? Disqualified. This can't be that. Julie, it's okay. We have none of the we have none of the resources. Don't worry. <laughs> none, and nobody that looks like us has any of it. That's neither here. <laughs> man, that's crazy. Uh, <sighs> no, I'm my like I said earlier, my father's from Kisanga. And I guess to give people a math of Lumbashi, that's the like that's South Congo. Okay. Yeah, that's South Congo where Julia's father is from. My dad's from um, Kisangani. That's like North Congo, like North mm -hmm. sort of region. My mom's from Kinshasa, so the capital. So that's like West. Yeah. Of whatever. So, yeah. And I guess, could you, you want to tell me what tribe or ethnicity you're from, too? Okay. So we are Luba. Uh, Luba. Luba. Uh, how can I start this? Uh, okay. So the, the tribe, it's like uh, the the um, okay the luba it's from still from that region uh well known from uh you know being you know hard-working people uh they like they're also well known for for loving money that's what they say oh so the ebos of congo <laughs> they, say, they, say, they say lubas are the jews of uh oh congo. that's what's like the ebos that's ebos of nigeria no, <laughs> The Igbos of Nigeria actually call themselves Jews. They say they are the lost tribe of Israel. That, that's their mythology. Luba. That's what they say. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. So um, those are the Jews. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> and um, uh, I'm I'm Bakongo. Um, both parents. Um, but my father, where he's from, Bakongo, they they're Swahili, they speak Swahili, so they'll be like, oh, oh. like, yeah, they speak Swahili. Um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, you know, but you know, Africa is where it's like, you know, you're from this tribe, and then ethnicity, but then they'll be like, oh, what clan are you from? It's it's a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They're, they're but also, also for people that are listening to, like, I hope they don't think it's like, like Julian's Luba, and then I'm by Congo. Like, we're we're everywhere because, like, Julian, I found out that there's like. My mother grew up with a lot of like Mongolas, so there's like a that's another tribe or whatever. So it's not like even like, though, yeah, you're from this region. Like my one of my my like my my two closest uncles, like my dad's best friends, they're like 
they're Luba, Malubas, you know what I'm saying? So it's like everybody's everywhere, you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. I I understand that. I'm an Ijo in Nigeria, but Uh um, I never really stayed in my in my region where my tribe's right. from, you know. But I, I I grew up in the Middle Belt, which is closer to the northern Buaris uh region. Mm-hmm. Um and I lived in the west with Eurobars briefly. I lived in Benin City with the Benin people, and mm-hmm. I lived in Portacot where you have Ijo, Ikwiri, Ibo, and so I moved around Nigeria a little bit too. So yeah, so I lived with everybody, so that's why I have more friends from other tribes than my tribe. But you right. know, have to still yeah. try and be like, I'm for the people, so I'm for my people, and then yeah, yeah, and then yeah, so yeah. that kind yeah. of. Or you get canceled immediately, like what? You don't, you, you're not loyal. I'm like, uh, it was not my fault. I was, <laughs> I was, not, I, was I was not around my people twenty four seven. You don't want to get married to a woman from your tribe? I'm like, uh, I, I was around other tribes. What, what do you think was going to be attractive to me? Right. <laughs> I never saw any job woman until the, the, all the job men I saw were like from my my cousins or aunties, you know. So uh, right. I ain't gonna get married to them, right? I can't date them. I, like the right. first job girl I tried to date, they're like, uh, "That's your cousin." Like they allowed me to talk to the girl. Like when I came back, my aunt was like, uh, "So I saw you talking to that girl. She's your <laughs> second cousin by this, that, that." I'm like, you right. know what? This is why I don't even talk to the job girls. Right. Disqualified. Right, right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and, and also, uh, Julian, I'm from the part of Nigeria that has the most the well, the golden the gold of Nigeria is the crude oil, so I'm from there too. And so, I'm, I know how that feels because people are like, Oh, you from you have you from by your side, they have oil. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> they have oil. I'm like, Okay, right, <laughs> are you done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. People just getting excited, like, Oh. Yeah, from where they have oil, I'm like at the same time we we, we are the poorest, so right. <laughs> I don't I don't know what uh, <laughs> what, what 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 are you expecting? Like oh I'm gonna tell I have an oil field, so <laughs> but I I was so crazy that like, I went and joined the U.S. Navy <laughs> with with all my oil. <laughs> well, I'm like I live in Brooklyn. Like, <laughs> I have access to the oil, and I I'm not driving all the expensive cars and all that stuff because right. yeah I'm just that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> um, so what 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 what's um the what's the the cuisine what what cuisine um are, are the cuisines similar from both your tribes yeah pretty much pretty right so what's your favorite sometimes the the only differences is just probably maybe the the way to do it like uh mm okay maybe like changing some the, the some of the the leaves into a dish to another one you know but it's otherwise it's very is is the same i i believe hmm. what about um so there's this dish called uh um, like madesu like beans all right mm-hmm. and uh, don't Maluba, Maluba, don't you guys sometimes put sugar on it some oh. Some yeah. some some of them, but I don't personally. I don't. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is one of the examples, similar example. Wait, like, like black eyed peas, the, the the black eyed peas yeah. porridge or red or red no. beans. Red, uh, red, red, beans. Uh, red beans. I mean, like white white white, white orange, but they put like red sauce on it. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, that, that's that's what I meant by black eyed peas. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, you know what's you know what's crazy? Hmm. First time my cousin who was born and raised in Lagos comes to yeah. uh, spend holidays with us. This was like around 91, 92. He was the guy who introduced me to rap. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, I was like, I was on reggae, jazz, and um, yeah, blues. Felicuti. Yeah, this guy. He was uh we cooked beans in the house. I still remember that. I still remember that memory. This guy was like, uh, yeah, why why are we just eating the beans like uh with Gary, like uh from cassava, you know? Uh, uh -huh. he's like, oh no, 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 I'm not eating like that. He gets sugar and sprinkles sugar on top. I'm like, what the hell wrong with you, man? Right, right, right. He's like, oh, my, my my dad's friend came from America, and this is how we eat, he eats beans. This is how they eat beans in America. That's what he told us. Like, what? Who the, who come people in America? Now, as soon as he just said, people sprinkle sugar on the beans. That's the first I get my mind. Like this fool, he ain't no right. one from Congo. <laughs> hey, but but you know it's funny, Ralph. Like when you ask that question about the dishes, like the differences, like like this is where like the subculture of where you grow up. Like I grew up in that. I'm I'm, I'm my food taste is so bougie. Like peanut, mm -hmm. like is like prominent. Like, I don't even say Congo, but Africa. Like, peanut, like, yeah. I hate peanut. Like, I hate peanut butter. Yeah, I remember you saying that on one of your episodes. Like, you hate yeah, peanuts. I, hate, I hate the fuck out of peanut butter. And I was like, I, I want to fight you. <laughs> I hate it. All you Africans, black people that like peanut butter, you can uh, uh, fuck death row. Like, you know what I'm saying? You bug, fuck bad boy. Like, I hate peanut butter. <laughs> I hate it. You want to be down with peanut butter? F you too. I hate it. <laughs> You know the funny thing? I never knew about peanut butter mm. other than in storybooks because I never knew that peanut butter was a thing. But, Dude. you know, we call it granite. So I knew mm. of granite. Granite. He ate granite, mm. the boiled granite, roasted granite, or uh, granite soup. And granite soup, mm, oh my goodness. Dude, okay. just allow me to cook granite soup for you. I cook granite soup for you once. It's over, man. It's over. You're not going to hate you. This, this hatred... This hate crime you're committing will be over. You stop this hate crime. It's over. You wow. make you do a stand up about how you love peanuts. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm going to waste two hours of your time cooking this meal because it'll go right to the trash. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. With goat meat? I don't eat goat. You don't eat goat? Yeah. See, I'm see, that's what I'm saying. Like hey. I'm a, Julian, what would like do with this guy, man? What would do with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one on clearance. Like, you know, like if you went, oh, you want an African? It'd be like, oh, this one's on sale. That's what I am. Wait, do, do you eat with your hands? That, I'm like, who lied to you? Like, where are you from for real, for real? <laughs> right, right, the DNA test. <laughs> <laughs> like Peru. He's, he's from Brazzaville, not, not from uh, DR. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> African accent, for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, oh. you know, but that's the I, I'm I'm I, somebody said I'm diluted. Like you, like you, like you, you African, but you diluted. I was like, I'm so diluted. <laughs> Wait, but do you eat with your hands, though? Oh yeah, fufu. Yeah, I had fufu yesterday with my yeah, fufu with my hands. Oh okay. yeah, because that's the difference. My my elder brother, he was born here, and that guy doesn't eat with his hands. Hell no, no. The, the fufu. <laughs> the, you said fufu guy like uh. Well, bring bring fuck bring fuck. They're okay, like what? No, they bring fuck. No. They're like, well, why are you you not washing your hands? He's like, no, bring a fuck. I mean, where is the fuck? Like my my woman who's German, 
You know, when, when I took her to visit my mom first time before my mom moved back to Nigeria, my mom was like, oh, uh, Oibo is here. Let me give this uh, white woman water to wash. And my woman was like, uh, Nigerians <laughs> use their hands to, 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 to eat. So I used my hand to eat. My mom was like, hey, only my son doesn't use her hand to eat this house. <laughs> he came in like, oh, Fufu, hey, where's the fork? He's going to grab fork. My, 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 my woman was surprised. She's like, wow, you, you weren't lying. I, th- I thought you were lying when you said he doesn't use his hands to eat fufu. He's like, all right, I use your hands. Hell no, I don't. <laughs> he can't. And then even the kwanga, you know, it's like the permeated um, cassava root that's a supplement for fufu. Oh, no, I use my hands. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, there's still hope. There's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't do the, the, the ball yet. You know, like the usual ways to do the ball with your hand. Uh-huh. Right? He do square. What? Yeah. What is square? I don't know, like a form of a square with his hands. So oh, I man. Don't we, we, I don't know. Like, oh, we, need, uh, we need an intervention. We need to do an intervention for you. No, when I go, listen, I probably when I go back home, I'll learn. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, this is how we do it. Okay. Okay. You know what? Gonna... I, I might have to come on this trip with you so I, I, I see for myself. I, I don't <laughs> think I, I'll believe the video. I want to see it for myself. <laughs> what? I love to go to Lagos. I'll tell you that. No, Lagos is not. Uh, Lagos has some Malab, but yeah, you have to come to my my region, come to my parts. So that we'll, uh, we'll give you the real uh, stuff there. Uh, I love to, yeah. yeah come, come <laughs> oh man, Naija. Oh yeah. man, this is, <laughs> this is great. This is so, great. Um, COVID aside, do you guys yes. have any plans to perform in the Congo? Uh, um. You know, it's so weird because that was the goal before COVID. Like, we were going to go to, of course, go to Ken and then go to Lubumbashi to perform for um, this um, nonprofit organization called Malaika. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. The goal was, and I don't know, Julian, we probably have to still talk with Patrick, but it's just like, keep building this brand. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully we can try to, like, perform or shoot, you know, some movies in congo because it's um there's a i feel or we feel there's a um um a huge like interest for like filmmaking back home sort of with an american eye mm. because, you know here in the states it's so pro- like not saying it's not professional back home but it's so professional <laughs> here we're back home, you can go back home and do it. And there's not these restrictions. Yeah. You know, you wow, don't need right. to get a permit back home yeah. to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so that's 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 the goal barring um barring COVID. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's it's kind of like with Nollywood too. A lot of stuff you don't really need permits and all that to shoot. Uh, but um, but, uh, but then because of because but because of Nollywood or you know we have ours we call it the Mabokes where it's like oh this, I never knew that yeah, yeah there's there's a are they June do they call it Kenwood no, Kenwood is that not Uganda or Kenya Kenwood no uh, I think it's Kinshasa because you know Ken for Kinshasa oh. or whatever there's something about or whatever but there's a desire for our stories to be told like our like our history so mm-hmm. whether it's a story on like uh, a different of Lumumba or Bobutu or the Kingdom of Congo. There's a desire there. I mean, there's, there's a- Congo, Congo is huge, and there's lots of stories that 
should be told from there. But just mm-hmm. Africa, period. Like, they're yeah. so, man, like, we don't even deal with, like, African spirituality. Like, that's what oh, they man. Tell, tell me about that. You know what tell me about that. That's, uh, that's a whole... Uh, that, that that's a whole different that that that's like a whole season onto itself, the, right? Of like content, the, right there, you know. Yeah, because like, cause, you know when you look out here when they did Keen Pill did um Get Out, and mm-hmm. he did a little bit of like we he pre deal with like science and like melanin and like black like body, like you know, there's so much black scientific and black horror and spirituality that. Untapped, Untapped. indeed, indeed. Yeah. There's, there's I, I, I've mentioned this in discussions with friends and with people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we know a lot about mythologies from everywhere, and mm-hmm. everybody has done. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not against people pushing their stories out there, and there's room for a whole lot of people to push their stories. Uh, uh, a guy who's been on my podcast, he does something similar to people publishing their stories on his platform uh brian asinja he's from uganda and um um, his platform is called uh, dream galaxy and um he started at first with african stories but i think now he's opened it to people from around the world to Mm. publish stories there and um he has an eye towards like from stories to um moving content forward um, to um visual content and it's it's stuff like this because uh you know I, I, there was a book that i read from um where i listened to it on audio f- format from um the great courses um and it was on africa africa lucy lucy to mandela mm-hmm. um i've forgotten african civilizations lucy from lucy to mandela i think that's the title and then the second one was um uh, mythologies of the world and I think the mythologies of the world, there were certain chapters are covered in mythologies in Africa. And mm-hmm. you see that because our history is so, uh, uh, except for Ethiopia, who had their own written language and um, ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, majority of us were all oral. Right. So when the missionaries came, that was where they, they, they got, they, they were able to score one over us because they were like, oh, we are writing your history for you. We're writing what right. we're hearing. But they started inserting their their own christianity into our stories because if you if you listen to that book and that, that that's why i recommend that book because that book tells you from the beginning that there are lots of mythologies around the world not only just africa that are that are oral they tell you that the missionaries copied they got the stories thanks to missionaries mm-hmm. but you can tell which stories were changed from its original content mm-hmm. because that like even an aboriginal story which is in a song format the name that they are singing about is a smith you're like uh how the hell is a smith <laughs> what the hell is smith doing in this story <laughs> it's a complete white guy they're singing about so the, the missionary didn't even bother <laughs> it didn't even bother um in ireland they they took the number the, the irish mythology had um a, a, a lot of number nines and threes so it was mm-hmm. easy for them to just insert that into Christianity and they sold Christianity to them. And uh-huh. same thing with Africa. Like some, I think one of the gods in Congo, one of the tribes in Congo were, were like a, a monolithic tribe when it came to the, their god. So mm-hmm. they were able to like, oh, here you go. This guy is similar to 
Christian Christianity and pow. So, so they got them oh, yeah. with that. And it's just so down. they've turned a whole bunch of a whole lot of stories around. But it, it's time we start reclaiming it back and we can start with content. And that's that's why I like what Netflix is doing. And with Netflix giving more African creators opportunities, yep. uh I, I hope um other streaming devices will will take uh note and yeah, start throwing money to people in Africa and you know, give them give us the money. Give yeah, us right. the money. You know, not, not, it's not a, we don't need white people coming down there to come tell us our story. We've had we've yeah, we we've seen it. We we are okay with that. Bye bye. Let us let us do the storytelling ourselves. We can do it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's good. And yeah, and you so but if you if you guys had the opportunity to work with Nollywood, you guys would will take that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. No question. Nollywood? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no question. Absolutely. It's no, a, like everything like there is no limit, you know, like uh, everything plus especially, you know, we related to you and we're connected. This is the the modern land industry. Mm -hmm. So with with love, with passion and love, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Nollywood, South Africa, yeah, um, Uganda. Uganda has been doing they, they got some interesting action movies there. Uganda, Malawi. They, they love shooting action movies there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just heard knows that. Pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how is uh, Nollywood doing in terms of you know like production and stuff like that and and uh, Nollywood, well, I'm, I'm not the biggest Nollywood fan, but I'm impressed with the fact that um, some have started tapping into Netflix. So, like, there's Netflix Ninja, yeah. and Netflix actually pays for content from Nigerian uh, producers. Mm -hmm. So, I know every, everybody likes to hop on um, the, the movie that uh, Genevieve Naji sold to Netflix. The, 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 the word on the street said five million dollars. Mm. Yeah, if there's uh, people can make movies with great quality, but um, there was a miss. You know, the thing is that Nollywood usually they make movies like two weeks, three weeks. You know, it's like bam, bam, bam. Because with Nigeria, did not have a theater culture for a long time. It was yeah. dead until about ninety eight, ninety nine. That mm -hmm. theater started coming back through um, the guy who was a former senator is from my state, Ben Bruce, the Bruce family. But uh, a governor, a former governor, had his eyes on creating a movie industry. So he built a studio, which mm -hmm. is now dormant. Um, uh, it's called Tinapa in um, my region, but uh, it's much closer to, Cam to Cameroon uh, mm -hmm. in Calabar. So where they have the big festival, Christmas festival. And people didn't buy into that idea. You know, he was thinking that the federal government will back him up and, you know, will support the Nollywood industry because it, it was too expensive for Nollywood to yeah. go to, to use that studio. But, like, if they had subsidies from the federal government, you know, they could use the studio. And uh, if, if things had, like, actually, he, I, I saw an interview with the former governor. He said initially when the studio was completed, there was plans with um, was it Disney or, or I've got one of the big studios here, Disney or Warner Bros. They were initially planning to shoot a movie with, in that studio, but the Nigeria didn't do what they were supposed to do, and mm -hmm. they moved the, the production to South Africa. 
Wow. Now, and uh, so, but this was around uh, um, 2011 that the studio was completed and it's just sitting down, wasting. But if something like that had been running, who, by the time they were shooting Black Panther, you had a studio in Africa, a world-class studio absolutely. Right. in place, they would have gone there. But, right. no, but Nigerians don't think about the future. It, it, it's like, ah, now, now, give me the money now, now, you see? But nobody yeah. thought it was just like this governor. So it not, if you ask people, people say that governor wasted money by building that studio in his state. But he had already thought about tourism because his state was, uh, his state is like the least, has the least amount of oil. The South-South has the most oil in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. but his state out of the South-South states does not have the, um, a lot of oil. So he, he's like, I'm not going to be competing with the other states. Let me build up the tourism and then create something else as part of the tourism. And he added the, the movie studio. So he invested there. But in the future, people will be coming here to shoot movies. You can right. be doing that. You know, but if that's something that is still sitting down there, somebody needs to go there and activate it and use it. But now that Tyler Perry has built a studio in Atlanta, everybody's not running there. You like, yeah. oh, first black studio, first black. I'm like, oh, black studio already existed. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's right. talking about that. And you know, it's just like, oh, we won't, we won't, we don't want to look at it. It's like, like I just say, a prophet is never recognized at home. So, right. I guess right. that's, that's something right. to, to big up. But if if they had known that Netflix will exist, you know, Amazon Prime will exist, all these streaming devices will exist and be pumping money yeah. for content, they would have done what they needed to do back then. And that studio would be booming, and that would create jobs. That's jobs. That's a lot of. That's a, that's an economy for the states and for Nigeria. But everybody is only on oil, 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 oil. So yeah, it's uh, one of those things. People will pay. All right. Yeah, that will they will keep waiting on. But anyway, we don't have to uh, you know, wait. Um, they'll, they'll wake up one day on on that. By the way, let's start wrapping up. Uh, you guys have done well, giving me a lot of your time. So no, thank you. For too long, but um, let's end on a on a on a bright note. Uh -huh. So we've touched music already, but uh -huh. we haven't touched your favorites. Uh -huh. So when it comes to you know the musician who inspires you the most, or the one that makes you dance in the shower or sing in the shower because I, I know you guys sing or you, you dance or so you don't you don't have to dance on camera it's okay we don't we, we're not we're not we're not recording it's not a video uh, podcast but who who's your favorite or you know you can name three it's all right you can cancel somebody mm -hmm. you know no don't worry <laughs> yeah <laughs> go ahead Julie. go ahead specifically from congo or whatever well um you, you can you can make it the African or you can you can go Belgium too. You can make it, you know, you can oh, Belgium. Like three artists then that, that inspires you and make you dance and make you want to dance and stuff, like the yeah. music. Wow, that's a good one. Man, it's tough. Huh. Go go ahead, Bileko. Okay, so I all right, so for me, Tupac. Right. Tupac makes you want to dance. I love Tupac, man. Tupac, right? Two. I know Tupac uh, make people want to dance. I know Tupac make people want to fight, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love Tupac, too. Uh, but you got, you got Tupac. I'm trying to think. Um, 
uh, I got I, I got I got to represent um, Franco, man. Franco is just Franco is incredible. All right, Franco, um, number three. You know what? I'm gonna say Kofi Olumu there. Ooh. Oh, come on, Mopao. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Hey, I'm saying, make that. I'd, I'd put Tupac in. I've been listening to Tupac all week, so I'm going to put him in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our region, where, where I'm staying, LA. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Joe. I mean, I can, I can give you, I really can give you a 10, but. Yeah, I know. I know. You can give me from Belgium, too, if you want. <laughs> I'm, I just want to get the Belgian artists that Julian will. Recommend? Oh, honestly, in Belgium, yeah, we the the, the music uh, industries. We have a great artist, um, but I, I would okay in Congo. Uh, Fali definitely is is mm. there. I like Fali. Yeah, uh, I got me some Fali, and I'm proud of him. He's from Bandal, by the way. No, oh, okay. Uh, so Fali. His music make me want to dance, and I'm, you know, he's, uh, he he made it. Uh, Belgium, hmm. In Belgium, I think he's a musical genius. His name is Stromae. Stromae. Oh, Stromae, that's my man. I I think his his parents are from Rwanda, uh, Rwanda, right? Exactly. You know, he he actually very versatile. I love I love Stromae. He produce his own beat. He he write. He he does everything. So didn't he retire from music? Uh, he took a break and now is uh, preparing an album. Oh, good. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. We we need we need more Stromae. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I love your style. Stromae and the third one, man, it's tough. But you know what? I love his music. I love his vibe. I love Whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah, that's that's my that's my jam right there. Yeah. All righty. All right. Whiskey. Not because uh, my job it because I like Whiskey, you know, this, like his music. I like his first his first single is still my favorite. Pakoromo. Which one? His first single, Pakoromo. When he when he had he had a made name. When that was the first yeah. song he blew up with. Oh yeah? Yeah, that was the first song. He blocked okay, with yeah, I I like like the one. video. Okay, well, the video was that. based on what really happened. He was supposed to go perform at uh, a different party, and they sent Pasuma Wanda to the to the party Whiskey was supposed to go to, and okay. Whiskey was sent to the wedding that Pasuma Wanda was supposed to go to. So it, it kind of the video is also funny because Pasuma Wanda was is the older artist, and it's in a way re- represents the handing over of the baton. And shows where the Nigerian music industry was at that stage, where it's like whiskey was taking over from Pasuma yeah. Wanda, and he just blew up from that, you know. And that video, I saw the video. Someone just yeah. sent it to me on YouTube. I was in Bahrain. Then I was like, "Oh, it was this guy." I saw the video, and uh-huh. then I saw the interview where he said, "Oh, that it really happened." Uh, no, Pasuma Wanda's uh, interview. Pasuma Wanda's uh, Pasuma said it really happened that they mistakenly gave him the wrong address. So when he got there, he saw that we were young kids. At the venue, it's like, uh, are you sure you guys send me to the right place? I thought I was coming to a wedding. And the uh, whiskey arrives at the venue, and they're like, "Who are you? You're not Pasuma Wanda. We, 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 that's the guy we have for this wedding." He said, "I'm, I'm whiskey. That I'll play for you guys. It's one small, tiny, skinny guy. Like I'll uh, play. Uh, when I sing, uh, I can dance. I sing. Then, ah, hey, they take my money and they send the wrong artist. Oh, no, no, no. 
and then he performs and they're like okay this this boy this, he's okay it's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay this, this is good, yeah I'm, I'm writing that uh that down like what what's the name of the 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 single akuruma i i, I was sending it to you oh, oh okay yeah i was sending it, i i would i would i would send you i would send you the, the video sure. i'll send the video after 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 we finish recording um so um final question what would you like to leave the audience with you know it could be a quote could be um a line from a song or it could be a line from um, a book you've read or it could be just a quote that you live by anything anything mm -hmm. freestyle it's up to you uh i got one uh just maintain your faith maintain Amen. your hmm. good one. yeah man to me no I, are you you want to add something no no that's it that's all so uh to me it goes you know in the same in the same sense uh, with in your direction uh, so you know i know that there's a global you know situation in here with the pandemic and the corona that's going on you know mm. but i believe that this is like the best opportunity for the people that have you know goals and dreams and try to do something else with their lives this is like actually a time where you have to force yourself even if it's tough but uh, you have to look at the the good side of it you yeah. know because uh we can't let that bullshit stopping us from from living the life we want you know yeah so yeah that would be the my message so positivity you know no matter what that's right uh, and then um stay safe it's all about safety man absolutely it's all about safety mm -hmm. so i say thank you how, how you say thank you in lingala oh, we should, i know <laughs> how do you say it in lingala julia this is the thing about the lingala language man it's so so bastardized it's so no it's because the, you know we 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 forgot our own uh, history you know so we don't so we use some of the french Oh, so, from the French into the Lingala. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'll say okay, merci. so I, I just said merci. merci beaucoup. Yeah, merci. Yeah, yeah, for, oui. yeah that, that's it. Well, my French is very bastardized. I never paid attention in class. I was that guy. <laughs> so, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Hey, I'm honest. I'm honest about it. You know, thank I'm not going to win an Oscar for, yeah, so I, I can't be, I can't tell any lie anymore. But um, <laughs> thank you. I can't, I, you know, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are fantastic. Please Amen. tell the audience uh, where they can find you guys and how to get in contact with you if they need to. Um, Instagram, Facebook, um, you um, subscribe on YouTube, just Bantu Boys, B-A-N-T-U-B-O-Y-Z. Um, and from there, you'll be able to follow me, Blake Oziza Wisa Jr., and you'll be able to find Julian, the Bantu Boy. Uh, yeah, just, just follow journey. All right. And once again, man, subscribe to these guys. I'll have the links in the show notes. And yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Good content. You, you, you never be sad, man. You never be sad. And they're great people. So thank you again. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode. Thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from if you have any questions comments 
or have someone who will be a good guest on the show or you want to be on the show send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.